0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Lawyers for Employers podcast, brought to you by CC Partners. My name is Mike McClellan, and I am one of the Lawyers for Employers at CC Partners. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about holiday parties. And I'm not only going to be talking about all the fun and games associated with hosting a party, I'm going to be talking about what employers should keep in mind when throwing a party. Of course, this podcast is related to the latest edition of our weekly blog, which you can read at www.ccpartners.ca. A link to the blog is in the description, and I'm going to talk about a couple of issues that aren't directly in the blog, but still relevant for employers to know. Now, employers often host a holiday party to celebrate the season, a successful business year, and to thank employees for their hard work. But did you know that even just hosting a holiday party brings with it responsibilities for the employer? I don't want to sound too negative, but just take the uh, proper care and, and planning responsibly, and you can really limit your potential legal liability, and then you can concentrate on having a good time. A number of years ago, Bill 148 was passed in Ontario, and it amended the Occupational Health and Safety Act, to make it so that employers were expressly responsible for taking steps to keep employees safe from workplace violence and harassment. Last year, Bill 132 was passed and it expanded the responsibilities even further to expressly include workplace sexual harassment. Now, the reason why this is significant for holiday parties is that the definition of workplace is not limited to the four walls of your office, or your warehouse, or the main premises of your business. It includes settings like an employer-hosted social event. So as an employer, you have to take diligent measures to ensure that your holiday party is safe for your attendees. And a common theme in most cases where employers get in trouble, for instance, at workplace events, is that hosts uh, or guests get a little too rowdy after drinking a little too much. It should be no surprise that many of our tips and hints in this week's blog revolve around alcohol, making sure you have properly qualified servers, offering non-alcoholic alternative drinks, providing accommodations or alternative transportation. Uh, Those are all excellent ideas. You may also be surprised to hear about a legal theory called social host liability. Now, The Supreme Court of Canada made a ruling back in 2006 in a case where a group of people were having a house party The hosts knew that their guests were getting drunk and and one drunk guest drove away and got into a serious car accident. In fact, one person in the other car died and another was seriously injured. And the victims tried to sue not only the driver, but the hosts. Uh, They were relying on this theory of social host liability. Now in that case, the court dismissed the claim, but they did leave the door open for future cases. The Supreme Court of Canada said that Social host liability could arise if certain factors are present. For example, a social host invites guests to participate in an inherently risky or dangerous activity that the host creates or controls, or there is a relationship of supervision or control between the host and the guest, or the host exercises a public function or engages in a commercial enterprise. Now there's actually a case currently being argued in Ontario where the hosts were parents of a miner, meaning a person under 18, not a, you know, coal miner. So the miner was having a party with his friends who were also miners and they were drinking in the home and the parents knew the guests were drinking and one particular guest was clearly drunk. They offered him an escort home, but he lived a short ways away and he walked himself home. But then apparently after he walked home, he got into his car and started driving and promptly crashed into a pole and seriously injured himself. And that guest and his family have brought a case forward suing the hosts. The hosts already tried to get the case thrown out and they did so citing the 2006 decision from the Supreme Court. But the Ontario court in this case said that the facts are different and they are going to trial. So this issue is not yet settled and you should take reasonable care to protect the safety of your party guests. Now let me shift gears a little bit. There's another issue that is not in our blog, but it could come up. And that issue is making sure your holiday party is inclusive, making sure that everyone has equal opportunity to attend, especially considering the cultural diversity of your workplace. Keep in mind that some employees may observe religious holidays in November and December. So you should try to schedule your party on a date that would not exclude someone of a particular culture or faith. Alienating or isolating employees could constitute workplace harassment, depending on the circumstances, even discrimination. Those might sound like stark warnings. I don't mean to be a buzzkill about your holiday parties. My feeling is that if your company takes a bit of extra caution and care in organizing its event you can have a fun and stress-free party and then you won't have to call me in January. If you have questions about holiday parties or any workplace issues, you can feel free to tweet our firm at Law using the hashtag AskCCPartners. You might even get your answer in our next podcast. But if you think you need legal advice, you can call our firm directly or visit us online at www.ccpartners.ca. My name is Mike McClellan, and again, thank you for listening to the Lawyers for Employers podcast brought to you by CC Partners.